The Drum Candy Podcast is brought to you by Drum Factory Direct. What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode 12 of season four of the Drum Candy Podcast. This is your host, Mike Dawson, coming to you from Drum Factory Direct in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are wrapping up season four with the great Rudy Royston. Rudy is first call drummer for, with many great artists, including Bill Frizzell, Dave Douglas, J.D. Allen, Rujesh Mahanthapa, many others. He's also a band leader and composer, and he just put out a new record called Day with his unique ensemble called Flatbed Buggy. This group features bass clarinet, cello, accordion, and bass and drums. It's a little bit more of like a chamber ensemble experience. It's a really cool record. He wrote it during the pandemic, so it kind of chronicles a day in the life of lockdown. Really, really interesting music. Great conversation. Disclaimer, the audio on this one's a little bit jacked up. Unfortunately, um, the Zoom audio doesn't didn't sync properly, so I wasn't able to use the high-res version of Rudy's audio. I had to just kind of manage and deal with the Zoom feed, so my apologies for that. Um, if you can just bear with it, it's a great interview regardless, so hope you enjoy it. Let's get to Rudy Royston. So let's start with like where you're at now. Are you home? Are you on a little bit of a break? What's, what's your summer schedule here? Yeah, I'm home now. Uh, a little bit of a break, which is good. I mean, I just got back from being out about three weeks. Now I'm home for a couple of days. Um, but I got, you know, a bunch of stuff in the city and I got a bunch of uh, recordings coming up, which is cool. So I'll be home, but I'll just not be here. Oh, I see. So it's nice to at least be able to drive home if I needed to. Are you in Jersey? Yeah. So what's East, brought? I mean, East of Pennsylvania, not Jersey. Eastern. What was that? East what? Easton, Pennsylvania. Easton. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you went a little bit further west. Yeah. Get a little bit more space. I was in Jersey about 12 years or something like that. Yeah. Okay. 14 years or something. I, I had to, I had to come out here and get some space. Tane is out here. There's a lot of other great drummers out here, so it's cool. Michael, Michael Adam Nussbaum. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I made the same move. I moved to Pittsburgh. We went from northern Jersey to to all the way over to Pittsburgh to get out of the area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Pittsburgh is cool. Yeah, it's a cool town. Got Roger Humphreys here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hey, then you're close to what's out there. Uh, what's that place? Blue, so Akron, Ohio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a couple hours out, yeah. Yeah, there's some places out there, man. Cool. So do you have drums at home or do you leave home kind of drum free? Uh, I don't have any here. But there's a studio that we have like two blocks over. Okay. So I on the side of there. So yeah, it's cool. And how often when you're not on the road are you playing drums over there? Um, you know what? I've only been here about four months, so I'm pretty much going to be over there every day okay you know just for a couple hours or whatever just at least to get to play you know this is big dance studio like my girls into dance and pilates teaching all the stuff so it's like i just have my drum set in the room with all this stuff it's cool nice are you are you still like in a practice mode like what do you what do you do when you get on the kit these days um, yeah that is just that's 
I'm like at a crisis right now. What am I doing on this kid right now? <laughs> I had to go back to like basics. You know, I'm just like, man, just go back and just. It was just like, what, what are you trying to do right now? I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, eh. you know, like I'm going to play the stuff I always play. It's like, no, this is okay. Go back and just, just get back into the rudiments, get back into some that stuff that you know you still can't play. You know, like that flam diddle that you're just like, you know, it's not good. But you just throw it in there, you know, it's like, okay, let me actually get that together. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I mean, that kind of a moment. Hear that? These dudes are doing construction back the door. That's not too bad. I mean, but yeah, so I mean, like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, and then, you know, man, this is weird. You know, you start getting older, stuff start happening. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to just go play just hard just to see if I can still endure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Tired after about an hour. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff that I'm, that I'm, you know, sometimes I just play, you know, sometimes I play to test my endurance kind of things. It's like, it's weird. Dumb stuff that I would never do. You know what I mean? It's weird. <laughs> But um, yeah, a lot of a lot of reason and stuff. People's music, I've been playing a lot of people's records. So yeah, I get a lot of you know opportunity to just play some music. Every now and then, I'll listen to what other cats are doing, and I'll emulate them. You know what I mean? Just to give myself some creative ideas and things that I want to try to do. Yeah. So, so how how do you prepare for like? when you're working with other people's music in, in a jazz world, like what do they give you? You get a score, do you get a lead sheet, do you get a demo? Like how do you, how do you prepare for those sessions? I mean, I'll probably get a demo, you know, they'll send me a demo. If they send me a score. That doesn't really help. You know, I'm like, I kind of need to know what's going on. Uh, so they'll send me a demo. And then, you know, I have to be looking at the music when I'm listening to the demo. You know what I mean? I can't just listen to the music and then be like, okay, I got it. You know what I mean? I got to kind of see why, what's going on in the music. But yeah, so I was been about a week just doing that and trying to get off of the music, you know, as quickly as possible, just knowing the tune. But uh, we got like four records, you know, coming. We just got to, can't really do that. I don't have enough time to do it, but yeah, so that basically just try to, you know, but the thing is, is, you know, playing other people's music, trying to capture the, the essence of it, you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to get to when I'm preparing for other people's music. Basically. Are there, are there drum parts on the demo at that point? Or are you kind of creating your own? Those front parts on the demo sometimes. Like, I can take, I love it when people have, like, you know, the computer drum parts on there. I'm like, ah, cool. And there's another drummer. I'm like, man, this sounds good. It's like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you sure you don't want to just use the duty played on the demo? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, so, but, yeah. But there's another drummer. That's, but I try not to, you know, because I don't want to play with the other drummer. Make sure they're cool with me playing with whatever I play. So, but yeah, there's drums on there. 
the computer ones that are like really generic. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm gonna sound better than this. You know, <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> now, let's. Who are who are these different projects with? I'm mean, like, what do you? My question is like, do you approach plan with Frizzell or Rudrish or Dave Douglas? Is it a different drum approach for you, or is it kind of you take them all in the same way? Uh, no, it's kind of a different approach, you know. Um, like certain people who I'll play with, I'll sort of gear up energetically. Like it's different kinds of energy, really, that I want to sort of bring. You know what I mean? Like I have to discipline myself not to play a certain way with Brazil because you know that's not what you—that's the wrong thing to play. You know, what I mean? that's too much. And that's the thing when you you know playing with a bunch of different people, um, you have that you get that kind of exposure. Like, you know, what kind of playing do I want to do with Pavel? I mean, what kind of playing do I want to do with Rudrish? You know, what I mean, it's like um, so. It's, it's a kind of an energy. It's a kind of a, an approach that you have to think about. You know, so I you know I'll prepare. Like Frizzell, I play with all the time and. Uh, so I just know, you know, like it's not just really, you know, it's it's just about conversation and sharing, you know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, bring down the, you know what I mean? All of the, the new stuff that you want to do. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's just, this is about pure just music, you know what I mean? Like a conversation and a sharing and a, and a painting of a collective picture, you know what I mean? And there are other things that people that I'll play with that I kind of have a different bit of a mindset with. Like if I'm preparing for the lead scientist before I get, so I just sat in with it a few times. Like it's the same thing. It's like, but there's a little more, and it's very groove oriented. You know what I mean? So it's just like, now you want to have some energy to your, to, so certain kind of an energy to the groove, but you don't want to play too much. And I play with Grid Rush, and it's just like, but he kind of wants you to play that, you know? So it's like, now you got to play with a bunch of energy, and there's a lot, a lot of interaction, and wants that kind of energy, you know what I mean? So it's like, and it's about the groove, but it's also about, you know, interacting and creating in this energy, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, different ways of thinking of it. Sometimes I'll start with a different to a bunch of music. Like, if I know if I'm going to play with a certain person, I might start listening to a bunch of yacht rock. Or I might start listening to a bunch of, you know, 60s jazz or, you know what I mean? It's just bands just to get myself in that head thing. Is there a rehearsal for these sessions or is it worked out in the studio? Most of them is worked out in the studio. Well, there, sometimes there'll be a rehearsal. Um, most of them is probably a, a quick rehearsal. Yeah, but I haven't been on one where it's like, you know, four days rehearsing, then we go in the studio and then that was... I haven't done that since way back in the 90s. Some alternative rock bands and stuff. Be like, why are we rehearsing? So let's just play. You know, <laughs> we're still rehearsing the same tune. All right, we're good. Let's play. <laughs> uh, do you do you travel with any gear, or is it all backline at this point? It's about to be. No, I'm getting out. Since I, I take my symbols. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking some moves, and uh, I mean, you know, some little percussion stuff that'll be in the civil band. 
And what are what are your symbols? What's your setup? Man, it's kind of changing now. <laughs> I've been using my man. I've been playing a lot. My symbols, normal symbols, so it's a Sabian. 22 inch. It switches a lot. You know what I mean? When it's like an elite ride. Um, the explosion crash, 18 inch. I've been using these, these hi-hats though that are like 18 inch. They're not by Sabian. Uh, a symbol maker in Italy. Um, there's like a, a Sabian over here that I use with rivets. And um, it switches so much, but then there's like a 16 inch crash I have on this side. No, yeah, but all stadium stuff except for the bias. But yeah, and lately I've been using some of the other cats' rides too, just because they have that, you know, they have that real thin, you know, not too complex sound, actually, which is, which is kind of what I'm looking for. You said 18 inch oh. hi hats? 18 inch yeah. That's a, those are monsters. Does the pedal feel sluggish for you? No, I mean, because the problem with them is, you know, when you want to have some articulation on them, like if you want to have a, you're like, good luck with that. You got to play it a certain way, you know, or if you want to, you know, you want to do some kind of, any kind of interplay on the the hi hat, it's like, okay, you you know, you got to, you got to really play off of it. And if you're, you know, two and four, you got, you can't crush it. You got to kind of, you know, baby it so you can get some sound from But, you know, um, I like it because it's another color. You know what I mean? It's not just a I have, but it's another, it's a crash. Actually, I could just come off of it and just crash it like a crash symbol. Or, you know, and if you, if you, you know, if you line them up, you know, just right and push it, you get, you get the right amount of pressure, you can get some articulation out of it. But yeah, the weight, they're really light. So it's not like the, the hi-hat is, you know, hard to, they move really well. It's just, uh, yeah, it can be tough sometimes. I'm just like, where are you at? I'm just like, it's like, oh, it's not working. I mean, are you, are your legs like super long? I mean, where do you put them? It's not not much further. I just moved about an inch over that pool. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, man. They, they sound so good. It's another, I mean, like, like you're saying, man, it's, just, it's good to have that other texture and that other sound. You know, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's nice for me because that's what, I, that's what really turned me on. To you know, and then other okay, I don't want to put stuff on them, which I've been doing lately, you know, like putting some kind of bells or something on it. You know what I mean? It's like, nah. But it's been actually, I tried it the other day. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's even another sound. So it's cool. Yeah. Um, so let's back up a bit. What brought you to New York? I was looking through your bio. You started out in Texas, ended up in Colorado. What brought you to the New York area? Um, man, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to see if I could actually Hang, you know, like if I could actually play. Because I was in Denver. And then, you know, everyone who would come to Denver, I would kind of get a chance to play with them. You know what I mean? Sometimes I would sit in with them. People, 
And, you know, and it was, you know, and Ron Miles, who's like my mentor, he was playing a lot in New York and he was playing with Myron Melford, he was playing with Brian Blade. And he was like, yeah, man, if you, you can go to New York and play, I'm telling you, you can do it. And I'm like, how? Those New York cats, you know, you'd be like, not in New York. You'd be like, that was weird, dude. But I wanted to come, you know what I mean? But I was just so heavily involved in teaching at the time because uh, I was a band teacher. And I remember one time I was just teaching the class and I was just like, yeah, man, you know, you have to like try to do this. Like, you know, you have to, even if you don't want to be a music, you know, play music the rest of your life, you know, dedicate yourself to this for my class. You know, I mean, do this for this semester and see what music can really give you and make a judgment from that. You know, um, but I remember when I was saying that to them, and then I was like, man, but you're not really doing this. You know, it's just like you're not really doing what you're telling them. You're telling them to just love it and go for it. It's like, but you're not really. It's like you would want to do what you're telling them to do. So it's just like, you know, I have to, I got to try this. I got to see. Because I was, you know, I was getting really good at teaching. Like being a band teacher, you know what I mean? It's just like, you, you're going to get really comfortable with this and you're not going to leave, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's like either you have to do this now or you know and then i like i said i always say i didn't want to be like salty you know 40 years later i could have went to new york i'm telling you i could have played you know what i mean like, i didn't want to do that i just wanted to give it a try but then i had a, my daughter was like six months old you know <laughs> so my son was two i was just like oh, oh man how are we gonna do this but then I got a scholarship to Rutgers, not scholarship, I got accepted to Rutgers graduate program. So that was a way to get the family here and get here and, and be cool. But yeah, but I, I just had to try it. I just wanted to like, you know, because everyone was telling me, you know, you can, you can, hey, you should go and play, man. Like, you should, you really want to do this. Like, everyone could tell, like, you really want to do this. So just go. But yes, yeah, so I got, I did it. <laughs> And how many how many years in the teaching were you at that point? I was like thirteen years in the teaching. Oh, you're well entrenched as a teacher. Yeah, I had already taught like elementary, middle, and high school. You know, wow. I, mean? I was at the high school like when I left the middle and the high school. So I was doing you know musicals and marching band and concert band, band and you know symphonic. It was you know, and, and I was just getting good with kids like you know connecting and, and being a just you know a good teacher that was my main concern you know it's like man am i being am i really impacting them is this really something that they're learning from and learning? but yes yeah, so i was kind of i was learning it so i was like man you're getting kind of good this is kind of cool you get to get a check every month you got insurance everything's good it's cool it's like but you really want to play man it's like you just you know you really want to play like, oh yeah. So when I got accepted, like I said, that made it a little easier because I didn't know any other way. It was like I'm not going to go there with my family. You know what I mean? Have no place to stay or yeah. That really, that really helped. So what was the first gig that kind of got you into the scene? A jam session. <laughs> really? Yeah. I went to a jam session. As small as I went to this jam session with Fat Cat before it closed, but and I kind of played with the studio Greg August, 
is basically everything great. We played with JD Allen's trio that you kind of played with him. But then when I saw him again at Smalls, it was just like, no, I think we just played a couple nights ago. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's play. And he was like, yeah. So we sat in and we played and we kind of connected. And that one gig, he was just like, man, there's a student named JD, man, he's coming over, come over to my house and let's just play. So I'm from Denver, you know, we didn't really go over people's houses to play, you know what I mean? We'll have a session. Okay, like, is it a gig? You know, he was like, no, you don't work on music. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I had done that a couple of times with Ron, but we generally, we were playing games. You know what I mean? So, yeah, then I went to JD's house and we started, you know, we played and I got a legitimate, you know, gig with JD from that. Like, we was like, yeah, man, I got a gig, a legitimate gig for us at Puppets Jazz. It's going to pay like 20 bucks each. You ready? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but it just kind of went from there. But that was like my first gig. I remember there was this club called the Garage in in the village. It was not it was not a club. It was just like a restaurant. Yeah, man, I really want to play there at the garage. You know what I mean? And now when I look at it, it's like, that was my goal. You know, like, this is a restaurant. You know? It was just like, yeah. But it was cool, though. You know, I finally got to play at the garage. And then I played with and fat cat, and I played a 55 bar, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're doing it, you're doing it. And it was cool. <laughs> and all the while you're you're studying to get your master's or doctorate, what was it you were studying? Master's. Master's degree. So you were in New Brunswick how many days a week? I mean, because I lived in New Brunswick, so, you know, I lived on campus. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the rough part was getting to the city. Yeah, you know I mean? man, that was like money. You know, when I first got here, you could get in and out of the city for six bucks. Now it's like eighteen, nineteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. when that changed. Yeah, <laughs> you get on the train, you know, it's like I'm still on the train. It'd be cool. I'm like, man, it's, it was cheaper to drive. You know what I mean? It was just like I was driving. It's super cheap. Now, man, it's like I just. I have no idea how to get in. The train is expensive. The tolls are expensive. It's just like, man. But back then, you know, plus it, we didn't, I didn't have any money. That was really, really tough. You know, a little eight-month-old daughter. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, doing $20 gigs at Puppet Jack. But it was with great people, man. You know, so it was like people who already listened to on the radio. I'm like, wow. Like, this dude is like right here, like, Nothing, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm at their place. You know what I mean? It was really cool to start to do that. So I could play with people who I've just been listening to, you know what I mean? And like, and you really hear people's genius. Like, you hear it when you play with them live. You don't hear it on the radio. And when you're playing with them, it's like, wow, whoa, like, that's what you hear the thing, the, the command of the instrument or the rhythm or whatever they're doing. It's like, man, that's why you're. You know, that's why people make a big deal out of you. You know what I mean? It's cool. That was fun to experience all that time. Did you feel like um, you were ready? Or was it like, oh, I've got a lot of shedding to do once you kind of got into the scene a bit? Um, yeah, I felt like I had a lot of shedding to do. You know what I mean? I mean, I knew I could play stuff, but when, when I got 
here when I came to New York, it's just like, yeah, you can't really play what you thought you could play. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like I had, I knew like, you know, I had my thing that I could do. Like I could hold a groove. Like that was true wherever I went. So I'm like, dude, this groove. You know what I mean? Like just make it feel good. You know what I mean? So I knew I could hold a groove. I knew I could swing a little. You know, I had a little bit of technique, but um style, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really know what that was to a certain you know and in terms of being around all these other styles i didn't really know what mine was until i got around those other things then i could hear my real you know what i really do that's different from everyone else but yeah it was cool but but i didn't feel ready but it was at the same time i didn't feel i'm not ready i just wanted to just play you know what i mean i just want to Immediately, I just started getting better at stuff that I was trying to do because I was just around all these other cast members doing stuff. You know, you just sort of iron sharpens iron. You just sort of just start doing it without even realizing. Yeah. I think when I first heard you popping up on records, it was, I don't know when that was, it would have been around that time, maybe a couple of years later. Like, when did you first start making records? Man, let's see. I mean, I made some in Denver, but I, I guess, yeah, maybe 2008-ish. Okay. Eight. I mean, I guess, yeah. But making records with, like, Raynaud Colum, I think, it's probably player than Linda O. I saw the players who I could with. And yeah, yeah, about then. Positive I started doing a lot of positive records. On that Orcs Drum Closet, Nashville's full-line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street in Nashville, Tennessee, or call 615-383-8343, or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. And what I noticed here in those first records was it was it didn't it was a fresh sound. It was it was like oh this isn't someone who's been in New York forever and kind of absorbed the New York whatever that may be. It was like something there was something else going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like maybe there was more of a fusion influence. So I wanted to ask you like who, what are your biggest influences as a drummer? Man, probably TV scores, movie commercials. Like, because yeah, I, I mean that's something that I'm kind of glad about, but I don't know if I'm, you know, what I mean, like, because I didn't have that the New York thing. And I'm like, man, should I, you know, uh, man, maybe I should have gotten that. It might have been better or whatever. But, um, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because yeah, it, it just makes me, yeah, my my sound is different now. My approach from where I'm coming from is different, and my technique is sort of different. Um, you know, I hope it doesn't hold me back from getting certain gigs where they they want, you know what I'm saying. But 
<laughs> but um, yeah. Um, so I guess you know a, a lot of the stuff that just sounds around me like music. You know, I grew up probably listening more to like gospel and funk, and and just you know, sort of playing everything because yeah, my family was into everything. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hear real jazz, traditional jazz stuff that I was really getting into until I was in my, you know, high school. You know what I mean? Before that, I was hearing it. I grew up listening to my train and miles, but it was just so much other music that I was hearing too that I was really into as well. So, um, yeah, just times. So, yeah, I mean, those early, when I first got into that, it was like Kane, Omar Hakeem, you know, I mean, a lot of fusion drummers. Who's my man is called Spyro Gyra, Richie. Oh, yeah, Morales? Yeah. Taking him out, and then, you know, and then Wacko, you know what I mean? So I was taking that stuff out. And then I started, sort of like, went into like, wait a minute, Blakey, Billy Joe, you know what I mean? They sort of took it, and then that took over everything. But, uh, but I didn't come first with Blakey, you know what I mean? I first came with fusion drumming and funk drumming and gospel stuff. And right when gospel chops started to come in, early 90s, sort of, people like John P. Keys drumming started doing this, these kind of like, whoa, what is well, what is it? <laughs> that's kind of cool. But that's when I sort of went into the traditional thing. And it was tame from the beginning, though. It was tame is kind of who brought me to the whole music. And I was like, I promise something, he has like eight hands. Like, how is he doing that? And I was like, yeah. But that's when Blade kind of was doing his thing, too, like earlier on when he started to come out. It's like, it was a good thing, you know, a good time, I think. So I just took all of that first gospel and rock and drumming and then added it to the jazz stuff. So I think that's what kind of makes me sound a little bit different. If I had the jazz traditional stuff first and then added the other stuff, I might have a different sound. I think. I just hope it's good. You know, it feels good and it's swinging, basically. Or it's funky or whatever it is. It's sound cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds to me like you you come from a groove place first versus the opposite of an Im- improvisatory place first, and then adding the groove later, which I can relate to. Same, come up alternative rock and funk and soul was my background, so I kind of hear that that connection. So, was there ever a period in your development when you were like, let me let me shed my fusion stuff, let me let me try to put on the the jazz suit or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that happened right around the early 90s. Like, I'm just dating myself. Probably about the early 90s. That's when I... Uh, she was a lot happening. But that's when I... It was a... Winton's quartet was killing that one with, like, Robert Hurst and Payne and Marcus Roberts. Oh, I was in the Brantford stuff. But right around then... 
it's just pain, you know. Anything connected with pain is what I was into. Probably about the early nineties when I started to check out other stuff. Like I, I had matured. I think personally, I just matured to a point where I was hearing other things about the music besides this, you know, flashy things. Whatever. Like I was hearing music, music for the first time in in jazz or even. So yeah, it was it was about then, about early nineties when I started to. Like, all right, all right, Wickle. Like, I, I can't do anything I'm hearing you do. Like, no matter what I try, I don't know what that is. I watched that video a million times. Remember that video that a uh, chick came out with with those four New York City dancers oh, yeah. on it? Like, and Scott Henderson or something like that was on the guitar. Man, I, I watched that thing. My VCR was blurry and I watched that thing. So. <laughs> Just trying to figure out what Weckle was doing. It was such, such a great record. That was really good music. Still is, but, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. And Steve Smith was just like, why do you guys hang, man? You know what I mean? And then Vinny was like, forget it. It was like, man. But the fun part was just to try to do it still. I'm still trying to do that stuff. But then I was just like, okay, let me, let me get into some other stuff too and, and step out of just that stuff and get into you know, some, some more swinging stuff. Um, so, yeah, right about then is when I started getting tired. For a while, it was just like, just, that's all I listened to for about three and a half years. Just nothing else. Just, you know, traditional swing. Because I was trying to learn the language and really get it in me. And it was like, it's nothing else. It was like, just that. And it's kind of, yeah, that's hell. Like, that's true. You know what I mean? you like put away your your big fusion kit and get a bebop kit like did the gear have to change as well yeah i mean everything the, the, the drone tuning had to change had an rfc i think it was rfc yamaha kit way back in the day the rtc or rfc it was like birch you know 22 inch kick it's like i was in debt because i had to charge the thing on credit card it's just like, yeah, it's not, yeah, you can't, that's not the big stuff you want to do. That's not working, you know? Like, so, uh, you know, power toms, 10 by 10, 12 by 12, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I had to, I had to, it was a great sounding drum, but I had to switch, you know what I mean? To get a smaller bass drum and just get a, I went and got a Ludwig, uh, what they call that Ludwig? It was like a rocker or something, a good rocker, but it had smaller sizes. Mm. And it still kind of had a punch to it, but it had smaller drum sizes. So 18, 10, 12, 14. Um, but yeah, so I have to switch all of that. And symbols, like I have to, like, but the symbols, you know, because I kept like a really pingy one, ping, ping, ticking, like a real ping symbol. It was just like, it didn't work, you know what I mean? Because when I laid into it, it just got really just powerful, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, that even switched later, you know I mean? I was learning about a lot of stuff, center sound, but 
Yeah, I had to switch it up. I was, I was doing gigs on Lafayette. I was playing somewhere. It was just like, and I was like, this bass drum was killing everything. It was just like trying to swing, and the bass was like, it was just like, dude, okay, this is not, this is, this is matching what you now hear. You know what I mean? You listen now. It's just like this is not at all what you're hearing. Yeah, but let's switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you get hooked up with Frizzell? That's through Ron Miles because I we I played I subbed for Joey Barron and I found the the, the cassette tape of the first time I played Frizzell. I have it at this at the Ogden Theater in in Denver on Colfax Street. The kind of a seedy boulevard, and, but Joey Barron couldn't make a gig, and I was playing with Ron Miles, and he was like, "Man, if you can do this, Bill Fazell gig, you can do it." Yeah, yeah. But send me the music, and I'll take it out. And I, and it, and again, you know, it was just another world to me. It's like, what is Joey Barron? Like, I have no idea, man. I'm just going to try to do whatever I can do. You know what I mean? But it was cool. Like we played the gig and filmed. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm. so then, you know, we played that gig and then we didn't play anymore. It was like another year went by and then Ron was doing a record and it's like, Bill's going to play on his record, so let's do this record, Woman's Day. That's the first time I played with Bill on a recording. So those two times is the only time that I played with Bill. And then, a decade or something went by before I moved to New York. Bill heard that I was in New York. Like, oh, wait, man, you're in New York now. Oh, I got a gig. So, yeah, I was kidding. I think my first European gig was with Bill. At the Cheltenham Jazz Festival. Cheltenham Jazz Festival. In England. Yeah. I didn't even have a passport with him. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't even know what a passport looked like. <laughs> That's wild. A decade later, and he heard, because, I mean, he, he could pretty much pick anyone in town to play with him at, the, at that point, I would think. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Also, I had a gig with Don Byron, and Don Byron's manager knew who was used to be Ron's manager or whatever. So he, they kind of communicated with Bill. He said, yeah, did you know Rudy's in New York now? And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. So that's how I got to play with Bill. Amazing. How do you balance being a leader with all these demands as a, as a, as a sideman or a collaborator? Man, that is, that's hard. It's really hard because just like now, my day came out in May, and I'm a sideman for the rest of the year. You know, I'm just like, dude, ah, you know what I mean? Like, and there, you know, there's a practical side to this. Like, they're good gigs. So it's just like, yeah, they pay more than your day gig would. You know what I mean? Like, so you got to commit me. So I, I'm not going to get to really tour this record until January. You know what mm. I mean? Um, but so that, I mean, that just makes it tough because my, in my headspace, and then 
other places all the time. You know what I mean? It was just like my own thing. I got to get into my own headspace for my thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like now I'm home and I'm like, okay, should I start working on, I got to work on some stuff for a tour. You know what I mean? Or should I just rest? You know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I, we do have a gig. We have a gig coming up. It's just like, like you're playing all this other music. And then when you get to your music, it's just like, you know, <laughs> okay, wait, you know, it's different. Um, so yeah, that, that, it could be tough just balancing how I want to think about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know, I'm going to go practice later today. And it's just like, you want to practice? Or do you want to start working on writing some more music for your thing? You know what I mean? Or do you want to practice one of these three things you got next week? You recording part, you know what I mean? Like, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love it all. So I don't like anything any more or less, you know what I mean? But it's just, I gotta, you know, I gotta do my thing too, you know what I mean? So, it's a good problem. I think yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think for me personally, the more gigs I have, the less I pay attention to what I really want to be doing. And I'm like, oh yeah, you wrote these pieces that you've never finished, or you've got these ideas that you're like, yeah, I want to do that. And it never actually happens. Yeah. Um, so I admire your commitment to put it out. I'm wondering, um, like, how did you put, the material together for a day was it during a break in touring or were you writing on the road like how did all this material come together well it happened during quarantine so that was easy <laughs> that was a little easier i mean at least the sketches for it happened you know i kind of finished it up a little later but um yeah during the, during the pandemic you know i just sort of started writing music and that's why it's called day you know that's fitted around this typical sort of pattern that I start to go through on a, on a typical day. All this emotional roller coaster doing this. It's the same thing every day. It's like, yeah, how do you feel right now? You know what I mean? So I would write down a little sketch of some kind of melody and sing it into my phone. And, you know, kind of come back to it later. Some, some of the other two, there was one thing that I had already written. I was like, this fits. So I didn't have that right. <laughs> mm. yeah, written already. This is this fits already. But yeah. It's kind of that, I mean, it was, it was, But it was cool because I had the time to do it, you know what I mean? So I could just, you know, focus on on doing that and not have anything else sort of in the way, you know, buying for the It's cool though. How much of it is like what is what does a finished composition for you look like? Is there a, a full score with parts? Is it melody and chords? Like how do you finish a tune? Oh, man, I mean, a finished score for me looks like something that if I give it to a the cats, we can play through it. But that's not necessarily it's not done. You know what I mean? It's just like we can get through it. If we get on a gig and they be like, "Well, I didn't know what to do after D," you know what I mean? So like we didn't have there's no you know what I mean? It was a coda, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Just finish the tune so that you can actually play it and then now, now fix, now take it further or don't. Just, just tell the cast. Like it's the hardest thing I think for sometimes to cast that I play with. And I, it's kind of jive by me, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, I, yeah, I don't know what I want you to play. Let's play something. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to tell you what to play. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what we're going to play at sea. And when we get there, play some, and it's, and it's a tough on drums, because you'd be like, follow, follow me. You know what I mean? They don't know what that means. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm trying to think, what if I was a person listening to the drummer? Say, like, what exactly is he wanting me to do right now? You know what I mean? Like, I could hear that with other people. They could play it's a chord and a groove or something. It's like, well, I kind of, I hear what you're wanting. You know what I mean? But, you know, so I could play something. It's just like, you don't feel that? You know, like, you don't feel that? It's like, can't you tell? It's like, no, you know, not really. It just kind of sounds like noise. You know what I mean? It just sounds. So, you know, that's, but I have to write like that. Like, I, I don't want every, I don't know what I want for everything. You know what I mean? Like, just make something. And that's like, you know what I mean? When you say that to someone, I don't know what makes something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's why I have these dudes, though, who I have, because they're all composers on the record. You know what I mean? And they all are not afraid to do that. And like, when I say that to them, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever you want to create something, like we'll follow you. You know what I mean? And they can do that. You know what I mean? And now we've got to the point where they kind of understand what I'm wanting. So it, it's easier now. But in the beginning, it was so good. Okay, does he really know what he's doing? You know what I mean? Like, mm. dude, I really don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, really, honestly, no. But um, let's let's find it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, what, what would be on the score, like in that that C section you're talking about? What would be in the the cello part score? <laughs> <laughs> the song. No, you know what I mean? I may, I may give like one measure of a bass thing and say something like this, you know what I mean? Something like this. Or think of this, or you know what I mean? And then, uh, something like that, you know, I would give someone else a little something to play and say, you know, these notes. And I like, you know, it'd be a rhythm, you know what I mean? It's not just random C, F. Be, you know, have something there and just say, you know, something like this, you, you know, and then match it with, with you. when you hear what I'm doing, you'll feel it. Which most of the time, cats don't actually. <laughs> when we're used to hearing that, you feel it, and then we actually do. It's like, oh, okay, we've been doing this all our lives. Yeah, okay, I do feel it. I get it. But when you're the one beating to the cats who usually say, you will feel it, they're just like, yeah, I don't really feel that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, especially when you play, like, I, when I'm playing, I'm playing most of the time because I can't do drum things, you know what I mean? I'm playing melody. I'm playing, like, harmony. I'm playing a scene that if you don't know that scene, you know what I mean? You're not going to know what I'm, what I'm trying to create. And, and what is that to you? You know what I mean? What is a beautiful meadow on a summer day? What is that to you? That might not be what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like what is that to you? So it's like, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a <laughs> it's a challenge. Often does, I mean, how long does it take to go from that first, first run through to what you hear on the record? Is it, is it, does it morph or is it kind of first intuition ends up working? 
Um, it's usually the first intuition of the word because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too particular. You know what I mean? Mm. Good. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know. And I that's something that I learned from Ron Lives too. Is we would just play so much music, and it would just be whatever it is. Like he would never say anything to play. You know, he'd say something on the on the page like, "Hey, make sure we play this, this, this." But that's it. Like it would be like. Is that what you want? He's like, well, that's what we just played. So yeah, that's what it is. Okay, I never even asked him. I just stopped. You know what I mean? Like, even now, I don't ask people that. I've never been like, is that what you want? Because I'm not used to asking that. You know what I mean? He's like, well, yeah. And then you would hear with another band and be like, that's totally different. It's like, is that what you want? He's like, well, that's the way we played it. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. That's what it is. But yeah, it's like the same thing with me. It's like, it's like yeah, man, that's that's what we're gonna do. Is what we're gonna do. Because I know as a drummer, the most frustrating thing is when someone tells me, you know, how to play it. It's just like, dude, I, I can't do that. I don't. All I can play is what I would play. I don't know how to do what you hear. You know what I mean? You have to hear what I do and say if it's what you want or not. You know what I mean? I'm gonna try to give you what you want, but it's really tough sometimes. You know. So, yeah, I don't want to do that to people. You know, play what you play, and if our sound is what it is together, uh, then that's a successful band that you put together. So your your band Flatbed Boogie is a very interesting instrumentation. Sounds sounds more like almost like improvised chamber music in a lot of ways to me. Mm-hmm. How did you settle on? Because you've got accordion and cello and bass and drums. How'd you settle on that instrumentation? It's music. Those are instruments that I just like their sound. You know what I mean? And I like um, body. You know what I mean? But what's, what's cool, like my first record, 303, has two bass players. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that might be the fusion thing or the, the rock thing or funk thing coming through. You know what I mean? It's like I like, you know what I mean? But this one, I just like range. You know, I like the cello's range. I like the way Hank plays it. You know what I mean? Then this bass, which almost wasn't, like it almost could not be a bass, you know what I mean, in the band. That's just like, you know, I think I want, because there's, there's too much groove stuff. Like, you know what I mean? So that I want to hear a bass. And, you know, the accordion, I don't even know that I, the bass player in that, you see that way, that cello bass and bass player in that, they're kind of like, you know, and then there's accordion, it's like, <laughs> so it's like, man, then there's the, like, it's just, it's just a, a sound that has all of the tones that I like, and I chose that first one, though, because I, I just, I was trying to get, like, woods outside, sort of thing, mm. I did that, and when I, hear Gary play the accordion and you hear the thing breathing. You know what I mean? And you hear the clicks and stuff on the cello and it's been it was very outdoorsy air and that was really cool. So basically yeah, and then I'm like if if the melody and the that I make can fit with this, which there's no reason why it shouldn't be able to, then it works. You know what I mean? Like it's like, you know, <laughs> Does the melody sound good in this band? Like, why? Because improvising is going to be whatever it is. You know what I mean? 
like if the melody sounds good, that's there's no reason why it shouldn't, but you know, sometimes I guess you may, may want a certain sound on the melody to give you a certain vibe or whatever. But I have that range. I can have Gary play it low or high. I can have John Ellis cover the middle high, you know, meaning to the low. It's like, yeah, I'm, I think dy dynamically that instrumentation keeps it pretty low, right? I mean, the cello can only get so loud, the accordion, if you like it, but even the bass clarinet, I don't think it's being a, like, a particularly powerful sound. Yeah. So what does that do for you as far as getting the drums in the right spot? Yeah, because, I mean, my guitar is powerful in a, in a way, like, in a, you know, in a resonating way. It could be like, you know what I mean? And, and no one's instrument has a sustained pedal. You know what I mean? So it's like there's, there's naturally going to be space. Mm. There's no one's, and I don't want to, that's why there's no guitar, no piano. You know, you can, the sound would be too sustained. You know, I like the space in between. So for me, that just helps me get into the space. Now I can open up my bass drum. You know what I mean? Like, all motion style, you know what I mean? If I want to, you can do, you can do this stuff anyway with whatever you want. This is my thing, you know what I mean? Um, the, the subtle things that I'm doing, oh, the symbol, you can hear them more, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it puts me in a space now where I can just kind of fall in between everything, you know what I mean? Like with that band, I don't see myself playing drums and they're playing with me. I don't feel myself sort of swimming in the middle of all of them, the stuff they're doing. You know what I mean? Because they're the piano. That's what, like I tell them, like, man, you have to, like, don't ever really stop playing. You know, it's like, cause you're the piano. You know what I mean? So, mm. like, one piano, all of this stuff. If you stop playing, we don't, the, the, the beauty of, of an improvised, improvising a chord pianist playing chords behind the solo. You know what I mean? Like they, they're playing chords and they're going on these different harmonic adventures. It's like, if you don't play, there's none of that. You know? Like I just play it all the time and it's then there's this constant little colors and splashes and textures, things that are coming in. It's like, it's just like a piano that is improvising and soloing at the same time. You know? That's, you know, harmonizing and soloing at the same time. Constantly with a, with a dude on drum. That's kind of what I really dig about, about that instrumentation. Is that it's, it's spacious, and but yet there's harmony going on and weird things. It's like you hear this cello out of nowhere, which is like, what was that? What was that? Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have to consider venues with this band? Does it need to be a, a quieter setup or does it translate well with microphones and PA systems? You know the stuff. See what I'm saying? That is a question. <laughs> Who knows what he's talking about? That is a that is a very that's not a normal question. Yes. That is absolutely yeah, man. Like half the places that I've been, I can't really play with this. You know what I mean? It's like a, it has to be a different kind of a thing. We need a theater, you know what I mean? Yeah. In order to do 
really get it. You need some, like a club is cool, but they're not going to really get it. You know what I mean? They play some standards, they'll get it. But to really get it, you need to be able to hear that stuff. You need like a, you know, more of a theater kind of thing. Small theater, big theater, doesn't matter, but that kind of a setting. Yeah, the average place doesn't really, you know, jazz club. It'd be kind of hard to get to translate. It'd still be a good game, you know what I mean? But it's hard to get it. Yeah, yeah man. No one's ever asked that. That's a, that's a hard thing. Like now, I'm like, should I work on a tour? Like, where are you going to play? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Plenty of club owners, you don't be like, yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, man. Yeah. I mean, that's why, why I said it reminded me of chamber music. If it feels like it needs to be in that kind of presentation, like, yeah. quiet <laughs> you know no drinks clinking no one talking like yeah. a listening environment yeah you know people who actually would care and want to check it out you just hanging out you just want to be it's like you're not going to get it yeah and that, that's a great that's a great answer so is this going to be a band that that kind of sticks with you for the long term I mean you have a lot more like is it is this what you hear like when you compose, this is this is what you're hearing now. Uh, no, I think this this one is. I'm gonna do something else now, but I, I want to keep working with the band. I, I'll think I'll keep it going, but I'm gonna do some other stuff too. Mm. Yeah, because I'm trying to come up with a way to just play some music that I want to play, or for this next one, like with some covers, you know, what I mean, without it being forty. But just some, some, I love Yahoo, man. I want to do some, I want to do some Cosby Stills and Nash and stuff, you know what I mean? That would work with this band. But there's some other ones that I'm like, how would I do that? You know, how would I do like KC in the Sunshine Band or something? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do something else, but, but I'm still got something else in mind with this. Maybe I'll do like some other. American folk tunes or something with this band and we do something with it. I don't know. But I'm hearing something like that. I just want to do stuff that I like, you know, that I was singing, that I was secretly singing in high school. Was my boys knew it. They'd be like, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> Christopher Cross. They'd be like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You don't listen to you know what I mean? Serious? <laughs> are you talking about keeping it in the instrumental world or you want to bring singers into the fold? Yeah, like I, I might, I don't know, but yeah. So far, it's keeping it in the instrumental world, just because I don't really know I mean, what I'm hearing totally for it yet. But my might be something that we still mixing both things. Yeah, that's I, exciting. <laughs> some yacht rock reinterpreted deconstructed yacht rock i'd like to hear it <laughs> oh cool yeah i was listening the other day to my coffee season like this would be killing <laughs> it's like it's as beautiful as it is some of that stuff i don't want to touch because it's so beautiful it's like don't mess with that but you know what I mean? man you can do you can do some James Taylor, you got a friend, whatever. That's cool. Because everyone knows that he's cool. But I don't know. I don't know if you want to mess with some, with some of that other stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, it's really good like it is. Yeah. 
Well, we're getting to the end of the hour. I always end these interviews asking, what was your first snare drum? My first snare drum, I won it at a jazz, at the UNC Jazz Festival in Greeley. And Blakey was there that year. And Brecker was there that year playing Nothing Personal and Ronnie Barrage on drums. He was like, man, that was that was chilling. I remember that. But that was my first collegiate sort of, you know, festival or anything here. It's University of Northern Colorado Jazz Festival. But yeah, I was in high school. I won like this uh, sonar. It was like a, it was a metal, I don't even know the model, but it was a metal snare. All those first Ron Miles records I'm playing it on, you can hear it. Beautiful. I love that snare. Do you still have it? No. <laughs> I love the snare so much. And then, you know, like when I was evolving and going through stuff, like I, I wasn't thinking, you know, back then, I was just a dummy. So I kept it for a while, but then I just started neglecting it, you know, I mean, leave it in the cars, and that old guy got a little rust on them. I'll give it to another. So I gave it away to this other kid. Like, you know, he just wanted a snare. I'm like, dude, big snare is killing me. By then, I got like the Ludwig one, and I had the Yamaha one, and I had Panther one or something. Is that Gretsch? Panther? No, um, Blackhawk. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Blackhawk? Yeah, Gretsch Blackhawk. Yeah. It was, it was like, all right. Yeah, but man, I don't know why because that thing with the hoop, it kind of warped a little bit. I just wasn't taking care of it. But I loved it the first few years when I just neglected it afterwards. Like an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's really good. It might come back in your orbit sometime. You never know. <laughs> yeah, man, you gave me some untimable stuff. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, amazing. I thank you for spending the hour with me. So I think you've got a lot, a lot to dig into. Um, I'm certainly going to tell everyone to go check out Day. Is it the best way to, to support you via the Bandcamp page? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of your records are available for purchase digitally and also analog. You got CDs on there as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So over on RudyRoyston.com Bandcamp. No, rudyroyston.bandcamp.com. You can check out Day and everything else you've done. We even talk about your solo records. So I have to bring you back on a little bit more because I wanted to, I wanted to selfishly get a drum lesson out of you on how to play drum solos. So we'll do that next time. <laughs> All right, that is it for this week's episode, and that is it for season four of the Drum Candy Podcast. We are going to take a couple weeks off to regroup and get um, some new ideas in the works. Season five is going to be totally new concept um not totally new we're still gonna have interviews we're still gonna do 10 reasons of love but we're just gonna refresh it new look new vibe a lot more gear talk some a lot more co-hosting and some special guests so um thank you for sticking in with me make sure you like share and subscribe make sure you follow the drum click the other shows on the drum click during our little couple weeks hiatus here and if you missed any back episodes it's a good time to go back and check those out um and other than that enjoy the rest of your summer and we'll see you in a few